Darvin Ham enters his second season as Lakers head coach. He's in a tie for the sixth best odds to win coach of the year at plus 1600. I'm going to tell you why those odds offer great value and how Ham wins the award. I'm Blake Atwell and welcome into the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast, the Lakers show on the Believe Podcast Network that covers all things purple and gold with a combination of betting advice and analysis. Let's talk some Lakers. Given how much talent Darvin Ham is working with this season, I think it's going to be fairly easy for him to greatly improve the Lakers' win total from last season. The Lakers went 43-39 and after a 2-10 start. Their projected win total is set at 47.5, which I see them blowing past. If the Lakers do that and win, let's say, over 50 games, finish with a top three seed in the West, LA will have the best case of improvement from year to year, and therefore, Darvin Ham will win Coach of the Year. Now, if we look at Darvin Ham's competition for this Coach of the Year award, at plus 1,600, he is tied with Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin, 76ers head coach Nick Nurse, and Grizzlies head coach Taylor Jenkins. Before we talk about a little bit more about uh, the five names ahead of Darvin Ham, Let's start with these coaches that he's tied with. So Adrian Griffin with the Milwaukee Bucks. Is he probably going to win a ton of regular season games? Yes. But the Bucks did win 58 games last season and were the one seed in the East. For Adrian Griffin to win this award, I think the, that the Bucks would have to win 60-plus games and have the league's best record. It's just really the only sort of upward mobility they can have from last season. And I just don't see that happening. He's at a disadvantage because of how te- how good the team already is, in my opinion. Nick Nurse is in an interesting situation. I can see his first year in Philly either going really well or really poorly. It all starts with the James Harden trade, of course. Doesn't sound like he wants to be in Philly. And given what James Harden did, with the Houston Rockets and the Brooklyn Nets when he didn't want to be in those situations coming into camp out of shape and, and what have you. I really don't see the 76ers trying to make that work. If that's indeed true, the reports that he's doesn't want to be there. So if he gets what he wants and he's traded to the Clippers, I don't see LA's junior NBA team being able to send assets back to Philly that are going to improve the 76ers roster. If anything, if they do a, Clippers trade and maybe they're the only team that's willing to offer anything for Harden at this point you know I think that that sets Philly back and you know if they're getting set back then they're probably not matching their record last season of 54 and 28 and then a season of regression could even lead to a Joel Embiid trade request so that's all to say that I just don't think Nick Nurse has the edge over Darvin Ham or the edge in general to win this award. I just think that there is a lot that could go wrong for him in his first year in Philly. And it's stuff that he has really nothing to do with. It's unfortunate. I think he's just walking into what could be a little bit of a messy situation, but on the positive side for Philly, if there were a world where Nick nurse would sort of contend for this award, I really see the pathway to that happening starting with a James Harden trade, but maybe of more of a more unlikely James Harden trade. And that would be for Philly to get wrapped into a a three team, a four team, who knows how many team 
Damian Lillard trade where they can somehow get a, a, a third team, you know, outside of the Clippers or whoever to land a really good asset in return for James Harden. I do see that as highly unlikely. So as things stand today, I would say that Nick Nurse is below Darvin Ham and isn't really a serious threat to win coach of the year. The last coach Darvin Ham is tied with at the plus 1600 odd mark is Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins. And Jenkins has the best case of these three names to compete with Darvin Ham, in my opinion. The potential storyline is there. I mean, the Grizzlies, if they can win without John Morant as he serves his 25 game suspension and then really turn on the Jets once he gets back, they could be in a really good uh, spot in terms of Jenkins winning coach of the year. But he also does suffer from a similar factor to that of Adrian Griffin with the Bucks because the Grizzlies won a ton of regular season games last season. They were 51 and 31, which was good enough for second in the West and 51 wins in the Western conference is no easy uh, feat. So Memphis is really going to have to win a lot of games without John Morant. And I just don't know that I'm willing to bet on that happening, especially when you look at Darvin Ham and a Lakers team that you sort of know what you're going to get, which we'll talk a, a little bit more about a little later in the show. I do want to clarify, I mean, I definitely still see Memphis contending in the Western Conference. I see them as a top four or five seed, but I just think that it's going to be tough for them to stay in the top like three seeds without John Morant. And then you're facing an uphill battle and a tough Western Conference the rest of the season. So I would say Darvin Ham has an edge over Taylor Jenkins as well. Looking at the five coaches ranked ahead of Darvin Ham on the odds board, we have Frank Vogel and Joe Missoula, and they're both tied at plus 1,400. Jason Kidd is at plus 1,200. Eric Spolstra is at plus 950. And Mark Dagnall is a favorite at plus 750. Right off the bat, I'm taking Darvin Ham over Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd. The Suns with Frank Vogel, I just think that they're very top-heavy. The roster you know, could sort of unravel. The team could unravel a little bit in the regular season just because of the injury prone stars that are leading that team. If they deal with any injury issues, just because of the death problem that they have, because of the way that they constructed their roster, albeit I know that they were able to get Eric Gordon. I know that they got Utah Watanabe. I know that they got Drew Eubanks. I know that they signed Bull Bull, but like a lot of people are really, really talking wishfully about these guys that are just, they're fine role players. A lot of them are older and those guys are, are going to be asked to do a lot more if one of the stars go down. So I just think similarly to Nick nurse that the way that this roster is constructed as of right now with Deandre Ayton still on the team, because I do think that the one thing that they could do to maybe have some more regular season success and potentially some more playoff success is to split Deandre Ayton into a couple of role players. They actually have some depth on their team, but they don't have that right now. So I don't think Frank Vogel has a shot to win coach of the year. Jason Kidd with the Mavericks, I mean, look, 38 and 44 last season, really abysmal sort of finish to the season after the Kyrie Irving trade, no secret, 11th place in the Western Conference. I mean, that definitely shocked people. I think everybody expected them to be in the playoffs when they made that trade. So you're sort of looking at it, you're saying with the additions that they made, really good trade on draft night, getting Rashawn Holmes and then getting Derek Lively in the draft. And then uh, bringing in Grant Williams, of course, like they've had a really good offseason among other moves. So the roster is much better, but 
Jason Kidd is third on this, you know, odds list. And I just don't know that I understand that with all due respect to him and the Dallas Mavericks. I just think that the other, there are other coaches on this list, Taylor Jenkins being one of them who we just talked about, who I think even with his challenges has a better roster than Jason Kidd does even in within the Western conference. And with Dallas, you know, like, I just don't trust them. And I know that Luka Doncic looks great this summer. Looks like he's in great shape and it's going to be playing very well. But Kyrie Irving, you're depending a lot on him. And from what we've seen, anything that has to do with betting, I'm just going to stay away from the Mavericks and stay away with Kyrie Irving when it comes to like futures for the team because I just don't know how things are going to go. And neither do any of us, right? That's the one thing that we have seen with Kyrie Irving is that you just don't know. So um, I'm just, just another reason that I wouldn't put Jason Kidd on my list ahead of Darvin Ham. So you can sort of knock him out here. Um, just talking team-wise, too, for a second about just like the Lakers and the Mavericks. I mean, I just think the Lakers are a much better team than Dallas, even if Kyrie Irving is around. And uh, they're going to be, the Lakers, that that is, are going to be in a, much better position, I think, to win more regular season games than Dallas. Moving on, um, when we get into the last three names on this list, this is where it gets like really competitive. And you could talk yourself into any one of these guys, Joe Missoula, Spo with the Miami Heat, Mark Dagnall, OKC. They all have strong cases, but I still do like Darvin Ham over all three of them. We can kind of go guy by guy here and, and talk about it a little more as to why I think that we can start with Joe Missoula. So Joe Missoula is in an interesting spot because really tough situation to, to sort of have to handle last season with the way that uh, things went down with the Celtics losing Ime Udoka and they have a really good regular season for really the first half of the regular season. Then they start to have some ups and downs down the stretch that carries into the playoffs. They probably shouldn't have gone six games with Atlanta. Should have gotten beaten by Philadelphia in the second round. They survived that. Then you go down 3-0 to an eight seed. And then you let the Miami Heat, you know, um, still play you competitively in a lot of those later series games, especially, you know, where the Celtics probably should have won handily, which is why I, along with a lot of other people, Saw game seven coming from a mile away. Miami Heat wiped the Celtics off the floor on their own floor. It's embarrassing. I mean, there's no excuse for that. They have all the talent in the world. They have even more talent this season. I do think, you know, on paper, and there's already a report I saw today on Twitter that Christoph Porzingis is dealing with a foot issue this summer, might miss some time in the international basketball that he's playing. So, you know, he's always had injury issues. So that's sort of a little bit of a question mark with the Celtics and then losing Marcus smart. That's a really big deal. And we're going to see how, how they are without him. And they were going to trade, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and now he's still on the team and now he's kind of going to be asked to be their point guard. So how's that going to go? So another situation where I just think that there are more question marks than answers and when I say more question mark than answers, I mean, the Celtics are still going to win probably like over 55 games, but they won 57 games last season. <laughs> and then they shit the bed in the playoffs. So like, 
Joe Missoula to win coach of the year would have to have like a fantastic season. Cause I think the thing that's really going to change his narrative and the Celtics narrative is for them to have postseason success and for them to win the championship. They're in that mode now, especially after giving all that money to Jalen Brown, where, which rightfully so they should have done, but this is what they have to do now. They have to, to win the championship. So I think that it might be too much for Joe Mazzula to overcome. And when you compare that to Darvin Ham situation, again, the Lakers, it's a consistent thing. It's, it's a known commodity where you know that they're one of the best teams in the league post trade deadline. And they only won just over 40 games last season. So I think that, you know, there's a better shot at the Lakers getting to like 50 wins and they improve their win total by seven games and are a top two seed, three seed in the West. I think Darvin Ham has the edge there. Um, but, you know, Celtics are going to be at the top of the standing, so it is a possibility. I get why he's up there on the odds list. I do like Darvin Ham better. Moving on, though, to Eric Spolster and the Miami Heat. Another tough one here. And this one, I think, largely depends on what happens with this Damian Lillard situation. The Heat lost several pillars of their finals team this summer. And I think when you look at their roster, are really depending on adding Lillard to take the next step to really, like, become that team that can win the championship with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Without Lillard, I still see the Heat making the playoffs. And as always, as we see every season with them, nobody gives them any credit. They're going to be better than people give them credit for, whether they are in the play-in tournament again or they're the sixth seed or they're the three seed or, like, whatever it is. You know, they're never going to get the uh, credit they deserve down there for being as good as they are year in, year out. But I digress. It's a different show for a different day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, still think that he make the playoffs. But for Coach Spo to win Coach of the Year, I mean, I think you're that, that's more of a thing where if they have um, Damian Lillard and you pair him with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, to me that puts the Heat in the driver's seat to win the Eastern Conference and finish with a top two seed in the East because I think that team wins at least 55 games. So – you know, and, and the Heat, they won 44 games last season. So if they added D Damian Lillard and brought in Josh Richardson, they had Thomas Bryant. Um, a couple of their summer league guys looked really good. And Jaime Jaquez, rookie coming in, he's going to be a, a nice young piece for them, assuming that they don't trade him <laughs> to, to get Lillard. And if they trade him and they're able to keep Nikola Jovic, another nice young piece, the big man, uh, Orlando, is probably going to, fight for some minutes in that big man rotation behind Bam out of bio. So heat are going to be a good team again. Um, but for Spo to like put himself in that coach of the year conversation, a lot of things have to go right. I think firstly would be them getting Damian Lillard. And as of right now, Damian Lillard has not been traded to Miami. So right now I I'm still taking Darvin ham over coach Spolstra. And then lastly, we have the odds on favorite here. Oklahoma City Thunder head coach Mark Dagonal. And this pick in my eyes is all about potential, which makes this another one where there's a lot of question marks and you can talk yourself into taking Darvin Ham over this guy as well. And the Thunder, I mean, they're 40 and 42 last season. They make the play in tournament, 10th in the Western Conference, and people didn't really expect them to be that good, but there they were. And now they've got not, if not the best, like one of the best young cores in the NBA. And Chet Holmgren making his uh, NBA debut this season after 
that injury that he sustained that kept him out of last season looked awfully good in summer league. Shea Gilgis Alexander becoming a superstar in front of our eyes. Josh Giddy already one of the best playmakers in the NBA. He's only going to get better and better. Uh, they have the, uh, the Jalen Williams, you know, both of those guys are, are good. They can play. So lots of really good players there, young players in OKC. So I can see why that Dagonal is high on the board. Um, and it's really dependent on those young guys, again, taking that next step in their development. And I think the Thunder would need to become a top five seed in the West, really, for him to win this award, get out of that playing tournament race. And I think five, six, probably range is where they would need to be. And that's just a, that's a lot to ask. Even if the young guys do play really well, I think it's more likely they get to like seven, you know, maybe like seven, eight. It's still a great season, but I don't know that that puts them and puts Dagonaut to win, uh, to win coach of the year. Um, I, again, I think it's people are, are very high off watching summer league and, and knowing all the young guys that they have, and maybe in a couple years, this will be a guy that can win coach of the year, but Again, I like Darvin Ham and the Lakers um, better in this situation. It's just that I would rather bet on what we have seen rather than potential. And what we have seen, again, bringing this up, we brought this up with some of the other guys, is that post-trade deadline, the Lakers, one of the best teams in basketball last season, they bring the same exact team back, but they improve around the margins, and they're in a fantastic position to be near the top of the NBA standings throughout the entire season which is why Darvin Ham is my pick to win coach of the year at plus 1600 over the competition. That'll do it for today's coach of the year show. Let me know what you guys think of my opinions in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Blake show Lakers betting podcast. Please subscribe and like our videos, follow along wherever it is that you listen to your podcast and I will see you next time.